over the last week, I think I've been, uh, I don't know. I, I think we have to thank the police officers uh, of the United States for sharing the joy uh, and the excitement of uh, getting tear gassed. Like, you know what? It's you know, something I think everybody should experience once. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's clear that the chef thinks we should be uh, eating it, you know, very frequently, too, uh, which makes sense. And, well, um, I mean, you eat something too many times, it starts to wear thin after a little while. Um, it's, it's why some yeah. of like the, the larger cities, you know, like uh, Seattle and Portland, I think, have been talking about, you know, maybe changing up the diet, getting rid of tear gas out for a little bit, and switching back over to right. general OC, you know, the classics. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that uh, the mayor of Seattle um, and, and the police commissioner said that they were taking CS gas off the menu for 30 days. Uh, but it turns out that they had a little extra in the freezer just for protesters uh, last night. Um, well, I saw the thing so, from... Um, uh coming out of dc now that the folks in lafayette park apparently were were not hit with tear gas they were hit with um smoke grenades that contain riot control agents um oh because as we all know <laughs> uh tear gas is um i'm totally stealing this from someone's tweet online but uh tear gas is only actually tear gas if it comes from the gasio region of france otherwise it's just uh sparkling <laughs> mass control um uh, I, I wish I remember whose tweet that was, so I could actually yeah. give them credit for that. It's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty nasty out there. Um, it, it's gotten the 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 cops have used so much CS gas, uh, that uh, many departments have run out. Uh, from from what I understand, or at least they're running very low and they're conserving their supply. Uh, and others have run out of stuff that is uh, within its use use date. Uh, some departments have been deploying ten-year-old uh, tear gas uh, or more, you know, even older. Huh. Uh, which, yeah, there's a problem there because uh, over time, CS gas degrades into uh, cyanide gas, which is extremely <laughs> deadly. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So uh, fortunately, we haven't I did see that, had um, any reports UK... of people dying from. Yeah, I saw that the UK is actually going to start suspending, at least some of the manufacturers in the UK are going to start suspending um, sales of tear gas to the US. <laughs> because <laughs> we can't stop using it on our own citizens, and um, they're worried in the UK that if they keep sending tear gas to us, that they're going to basically be funding war crimes in the United States. <laughs> but they did it before. They oh, sold tear yeah, gas here before. The British have well, never had a conscience. Across the world. Let's be clear about I mean. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah. England is the source of most of the evil on the planet, uh, and this time they have chosen to be a little less evil. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I, 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 that, I don't my think position. it is a... a st- 
state thing. I don't think that it's, you know, the state of uh, the United Kingdom has decided that they are not going to... Oh, no. To, uh, no, no. It's... it's. Centur- I think it's, I think it's, it's a failing of that are like, yeah, English people. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's an evil culture. I, I think it's... Yeah. Fuck the English. That's all I have to say. That's fair. Um... <laughs> No, there there are plenty of good things about England, uh, and and of course most English people are working class. But point stands. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're not all going around the world and looting other people's cultures, but um... <laughs> but they try. <laughs> yeah. podcast uh this is sasha this is trevor uh and we're recording uh the third recording for this particular episode uh because the last one we recorded uh went out of date within days when uh the united states erupted in the largest protest movement that we have seen in a very long time Uh, a protest movement uh that had that was triggered by the murder of George Floyd by Officer uh, Derek Chauvin of the Minneapolis uh, Police, uh, along with his, uh, you know, along with other cops who assisted him in the murder, and uh, happening, you know, within weeks after the killing of Breonna Taylor. Um who was the EMT who was shot to death in her bed when uh, <clears throat> undercover officers executed a no-knock raid in the middle of the night and emptied, what was it, like 20 rounds into her bed while she was asleep. Um, and her boyfriend fired his gun that he owned back at the... Uh, intruders. The intruders who came into their house in the middle of the night wearing street clothes... Um, and I believe he shot one of these undercover officers, and uh, he is still arrested at this moment because yeah, um, and because we live in a police state. And well, something that has been brought up with that is that like there, there's this thing like well, you know, and like the big thing is that like you know, God, the police just got the wrong address. That's what happened. And it's like, so you're telling me if they had the right address that it would have been okay for them to just kick in the door in the middle of the night and just fire 20 rounds into someone's bed while they're asleep? We live in a police state. Uh, the the yeah. last, yeah, like that, that, is, that is what this is. Uh, and nothing could have demonstrated this so clearly as the police across the country, police behavior... Uh, in response to the protests against police brutality, right? Well, what's uh, the response been? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I haven't um, been paying attention for much of this last week. What, what's their response been? Have they been uh, calm and level-headed and actually worked to, you know, de-escalate these uh, protests? I mean, always. They're, they're well-trained, certified professionals uh, who have good relationships with their communities, and they have relied on de-escalation as their primary strategy of dealing with the uh, with the outrage that they share for uh, one of their own committing. No, this is bullshit. Uh, Fuck but, the cops. Have you heard that? 40, like, <laughs> have you heard that forty percent of police are actually in support of uh, the burning down of the third uh, precinct? Just just Google forty percent cops. <laughs> just Google forty percent cops. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um. um <laughs> also okay so speak of so the the you know i guess kind of scary thing i've seen and this is of course pure conjecture i've seen spewed online is that you know there, there, there's a statistic you know 40 percent of cops commit domestic violence and yeah. uh derek chauvin's wife apparently divorced him immediately as soon as he was in custody yeah which um there's conjectures to be made there and i'm not gonna speculate yeah. but there are a lot of reasons why somebody might leave at that exact moment, uh, given that like she was married, is married still to a murderer. Uh, it's like she could be completely honest in in saying that he's disgusting and that she doesn't want to be married to him. Um, okay, it could be moved to hide uh, assets. It could be moved to hide assets, um, even though uh, under the doctrine of qualified immunity, it's unlikely that. Um, Derek Chauvin would, would lose in a civil case necessarily, though that could change soon with the Supreme Court. Um, yeah. Unlikely, though. And well, uh, on that point of qualified immunity, we are planning on doing one more, um, you know, episode well, on police like we've done previously. Two more. Well, two more. But we're going to do one more specifically yeah. talking about why the state uh, has put up these uh, internal barriers toward prosecuting police. Right. And the legal um, framework. And what those legal barriers are. The police from yeah. any sort of real liability in a lot of situations. Basically all situations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so a, look out for that. A key one that people brought up is, you know, the fact that, you know, I've actually had this conversation with a few folks who are confused either why people were not okay with uh, Chauvin immediately being charged. Well, I mean, <laughs> eventually being charged with third degree murder and there's yeah. also folks who are pissed off now that it's like, well, why didn't they bump it up to first degree murder? And it's, well, you're never going to convict a cop of first degree murder. I, I, I think you're as likely to convict a cop of first degree murder as second degree murder. Honestly, uh, I, I definitely sit in the camp of so. So this is a, a misunderstanding that a lot of people have about the meaning of premeditation. So premeditation tends to be the defining factor uh, between first-degree murder and second-degree murder. Uh, so second-degree murder tends to be spur of the moment, right? Uh, like, you know, you found out that your partner's cheating on you and you beat up the person that, uh, that they were cheating uh, on you, with whom they were cheating on you, and you killed them. And he meant to kill them in that moment. That's second degree murder uh, because it's spur of the moment. Heat of um, passion is the the heat of passion. Yeah, that's the that. phrase. 
First degree murder, though, requires premeditation. And there's a there's a huge misunderstanding, I think, in, in what that means. I think when people think of first degree murder, they think of like serial killers, people who plan out a murder. They want to do it. Uh, they've got an idea of how they're going to do it. Um, and I and I would say that there might be evidence for that in this case, given that Chauvin and and, uh, and Floyd knew each other beforehand. But at that, but at this point, it's only speculation what that relationship is. Yeah. Uh, I still think that there's actually a case for first degree murder based on the video alone. I would um, agree. Um, so, the, the fact that yeah. you think that there was no heat of passion that you can see at that moment, right? The, you know just yeah. sit on the guy's neck until he passes out and then stay And that's the there. key, is the amount of time it takes to kill somebody through strangulation uh, while others are yelling that you're going to kill him for the love of God, check his pulse. Um, and apparently two of the officers might have suggested doing that. Uh, it's unclear. Um, but this is a man who knew what i i think he knew what he was capable of when it came to physical violence i mean he's killed people uh, before right he's killed people before um and it was clear that the man wasn't moving i think any of us any you know regular normal human being if we got into a situation even if we got into like a fight and we had incapacitated somebody by kneeling on their neck when they stopped moving we would probably get the fuck up and so to choose to continue to kneel on somebody's neck for minutes, and in a situation like that, minutes are a very long time. I mean, the thing is, um, I, I did, I've done martial arts most of my life. I did wrestling yeah. all through high school, and we, I, I've been choked unconscious during wrestling. And I've also choked people during wrestling, and it is extremely noticeable when someone goes limp and there is this visceral oh shit what have i done and you jump off the person because yeah. you know that if you don't fucking move that the person's gonna be seriously hurt or die yeah so the, these are the actions of somebody who knew what he was doing um and chose not to get up and had an opportunity for all of those minutes that he was there after George Floyd went lip to choose to get up that uh, under, uh, you know, and, and it may be, I don't know the specifically how it applies in Minnesota. Uh, but generally speaking in the criminal systems of the United States, that can count as premeditation. Uh, he did not have to write it down and plan it out the day ahead of time. Uh, and this is one reason why strangulation can frequently be charged as first degree murders because of how long it takes to kill somebody with strangulation. So the idea that he he is being overcharged and that, oh, they can't prove intention is really the fantasies of people who don't know what they're talking about. And it's the fantasies of lawyers who are not like they're not thinking uh, of how you're actually going to prove it to a jury. Um, because prosecutors can win basically any case they want. Uh, they win almost every single case that yeah. they litigate. Um, the idea that they can, you know, the idea that they undercharge people in order to get that is ridiculous. They I, frequently overcharge people and still win. I, I have a random question for you. If, if you had to sure. uh, 
say who is lazier, DAs or public defenders, uh, how hard would it be to make an argument that uh, DAs are not the lazier ones? You would have to not live on this planet or have any connection to reason or logic at all. Uh, Prosecutors are, in the world of lawyers, some of the laziest. Uh, And they're not the sharpest because it's so easy for them to win. Um, Because juries want to convict. Overall, juries want to convict. When you, You can go through the whole process of jury selection and people don't get that you're supposed to vote not guilty until you've heard enough evidence to vote guilty. Wait, but I've seen the movie 12 Angry Men. Aren't aren't juries these like rational groups that can be persuaded one way or the other? <laughs> they're not just people who are pissed off they're missing half their work week for minimum wage and that they have to like sit in this room with a bunch of random strangers and listen to horrifying facts and they don't just want to get the fuck out of there as soon as possible? I don't mean to besmirch juries. Um... <laughs> I should say that. I I would say that there are a lot of problems with the jury system in America. Um, there are a lot of problems with the jury system in America. And I would say that because of the general... Um, Like the, the lack of education in how the legal system works, what you're, bring, what you're doing is you're bringing people who have no idea really how the system works, how, how law works. And you're trying to get them to make factual determinations within that legal framework that they really, they don't understand the context of it. Uh, and that for like, it takes months to get law students to understand the context of it. And I'll tell you that they're lawyers who still don't. Oh yeah. Um, so, the idea that you can take 12 people off the street who were never interested in, in legal anything uh, and educate them on how to differentiate between what evidence is more convincing and what evidence is not and you know what is beyond reasonable doubt and what is the preponderance of evidence, like, there's no way. And the only like up, the only way that like, lawyers sure. even know that is by reading tons of cases to figure it out. Because I mean, DAs still can you know say things like, uh, "Well, you know, it's not really imaginary doubt. It's not like could there be some other doubt? But do you actually believe there really is doubt?" Which just confuses juries because then it's well, right. what is a reasonable doubt? And the term is yeah. inherently poorly defined. Yeah. So. These are all just the fundamental problems with it, which, which the reality then is that prosecutors basically get convictions without having to try. And I think that would probably be harder in this case. But uh, anybody who looks at this in a vacuum and thinks that a jury is somehow actually looking at evidence reasonably and for that reason it's harder to prove intention, it's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, like... It's not a slam dunk case because it involves a cop, but um, in the in the grand scheme of all criminal cases, uh, they're slam dunks because, like, I mean, speaking honestly, I don't think juries are very effective at, at uh, telling the difference between uh, what's going on and what isn't. Um, I wish they were. 
Uh, and well, I think that's I, one of the problems with, I, with, the, with the criminal legal system generally. Well, on some level, I think a lot of juries end up being in the, uh, the Chinese room puzzle, which is uh, where if, if you're in a room with no communication to the outside world and you are given uh, scraps of paper with uh, bits of Chinese written on them, and you have infinite time to sit there and try and figure out what these scraps mean. You can get some reactions. You can, you know, like figure out how to say just like food, send that back out and maybe you'll get food from it without any external input. If it's just you putting the puzzle together yourself, you're not going to understand the language. And juries have that problem where they're given these scraps of law while they're in this, you know, the, the, the box of the uh, courthouse and they can put together jury deliberation room yeah, yeah they can put together sort of uh what they internally think is what the law states but it's really hard to know if they actually understand it and yeah i'd agree that i think they don't a lot of the yeah. time yeah yeah um so all, all of that is to say that uh Derek Chauvin, I think, should have been charged with first-degree murder. I think it's ridiculous that he hasn't been. Um, I think the arguments uh, against his being charged for first-degree murder really kind of fall flat on their face uh, when you look at how, how the criminal legal system actually works. Um, and, you know, to go beyond that, uh, so that that is, has been the, like, that has been the the, like, elected officials' response to... Uh, to the murder of George Floyd and to the protests is it took, I think, I think it was four days of protests and riots before they decided to actually fucking arrest the, it took people burning down him. a precinct. Yeah. Yeah. It took them burning down a police station to get that to happen. And then it took even more days of riots to get him charged with second degree murder, which is an inappropriate charge. Um, meanwhile, across the rest of the country, Cops have been cracking skulls, uh, sometimes literally. Oh no, not sometimes. Uh, a lot of times, literally. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 huge deluge of uh, photographs I've seen of protesters who have these massive head wounds from being yeah. like point blanked with rubber uh, rubber bullets. Which I, I I need to find a better term for that because that yeah people don't understand what rubber bullets are. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're, they're steel. They're, they're steel that's coated in a little thin layer of rubber, and they are fired out of grenade launchers. They are yeah, forty millimeter grenade launchers. Yeah, which also can be used to fire uh, flashbangs, which are just grenades. Um, mm -hmm. Not like and tear gas. Yeah, and some of the flashbangs they have um, actually have uh, smaller rubber bullets inside of them, so they explode. Mm -hmm. They send out basically uh, quote unquote less than lethal shrapnel. <laughs> Right. Uh, I think those are called, like, stun... Uh, uh, scatter rounds. Like, yeah. Um, they have a lot of different options. There is a sickening variety of munitions that the police can deploy against, uh, you know, against regular people on the street, and yeah. they have been deploying them en masse. Uh, pick a city, it's probably happened. They've been using um, what are called green tips, which are just steel. Um, they're just, like, deactivated grenade rounds. So they just are firing those. Um, and with a lot of these like impact munitions, they're supposed to do what's called skipping, 
which is where they fire them at the ground uh, in front of a crowd yeah. so that they bounce off the ground and fly up around leg level. And the point is to break people's legs with these because, again, these are heavy chunks of steel and rubber that are being fired yeah. at, you know, high velocity and are designed to cause serious injury. Um, yeah. And instead, they're firing them directly at people's faces from right. like 10 feet away. Which dramatically increases their lethality and their potential to maim uh, and wound people. Uh, so we've seen many, many, many head injuries. Uh, cops have been targeting people's head and neck uh, more than I have ever seen. Um, and, and I think it... it I think, and I think a lot of, especially liberals, um, are seeing for the first time uh, how the police have always operated. Uh, so this has kind of been a, a battle I've been fighting uh, for years now, uh, trying to convince uh, like li- liberals who I talk to that, like, uh, in protests, like the police are the main aggressors. They all like. They have always been the main aggressors. Uh, and, you know, I think you had a story about that. Uh, yeah, and we'll get into that. that, that we were at. Um, because I, I, I want to pose a question for this episode. And, okay. and we're going to have some good spirited debate on this. Um, this. The series of protests across the country and the um, uprising that has followed and I do really like the term uprising um, yeah. has been decried through a lot of the media um, and, you know, from all of our liberal dads out there you, saying like, well, this is riots. Why are we, why are people rioting? Why is, you know, why are people destroying their own cities? What's the, uh, uh, what outcome do they expect? Yeah. You know? Destroying their own communities. Yeah. Where it's, you know, like, well, oh, it actually, yeah, it, cheap, it, it cheapens the actual protest. It hides the message. Right. Um, you know, it, it allows like, conservative yeah. voices to frame all protesters as violent, which they have done. And it allows like, yeah, the government and police forces to justify criminalizing these protests and to use which the they extreme violence do. on the protesters. Yeah. Which they have done. Yeah. Like, they, like so I, I think your question then is... Are riots good uh, or bad? Are riots good things yeah. or are they bad things? And that's, that's a good question. something that I think has a lot of components to it. And right. so I want to walk through, I guess, kind of three three main topics. I first want to talk about who are the folks who are rioting because there's a lot of different stories. Right. Um, I want to talk about what a police riot is. And then I want to say, you know, do riots actually change things? And I think that will break it down into uh, a, a proper three course meal of an episode peppered with a fair amount of tear gas. Um, we're just gonna fucking murder that metaphor. Oh no, it's it's done. The horse is dead. We're still beaten. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Let's just dive into so, it. So, okay. So, like, when it comes to who is rioting, this story has come out from uh, 
pretty much every police department of every city where there has been these riots every across city the country yeah. that says, okay, we have been informed by the police that all the people who are causing violence in our city, and by violence they mean smashing windows, are all these outside agitators. They're not people from our city. They're 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 the that other phrase. Yeah. Yeah. And which historically that term was also used during the the Selma protests by the uh, I think it was the sheriff there. Well, and people uh, so, use that during you know like it's Occupy a racist and stuff like that as well, where it's it's, it's yeah. And that uh, framing that it is some you know outside other who's coming into the city to destroy it. It, it has, I think, like two reasons why that story is spread by police and cities, because it gives a city a way to save face. It allows them to say, yeah. okay, look, there's no real internal upset against police brutality, or there's no upset right. against the legal system that protects these yeah. cops. But it's you know, it, it's these outside folks who are causing this damage. They're the ones who are like pretending they're angry and part of our society, and so it allows yeah. cities then to like. If they can say that these folks are, in theory, only coming from out of town to riot and loot, well, then the real citizens of the city can just be assumed to be happy with the status quo and the existing like systems of policing. The city doesn't have to change anything because they can pretend the policies within the city are just fucking dandy. If they otherize those folks, there's no need for reform because our people, our, our real citizens of our city, aren't really mm, upset enough fine. to riot. Yeah. Yeah, but the other side of it is that um, it does, in some way, give the police validation for ramping up the brutality. Right. Because if they're only using this extreme force on some sort of other, well, there's no reason to temper that violence because they're unleashing against this community, you know, uh, tear gas and forty millimeter steel rounds coated in rubber, or beating them with two foot long riot batons. Because those aren't really people that the police have sworn to, you know, big scare quotes right. here, serve and protect. They're not from here. Yeah, they're not really. Yes, yeah. they're they're there's some there's the most they're they're outside agitators, and it's okay if we yeah. use tear gas on them. Yeah, and and so I think it it's important to note who is at present at these protests and. Uh, the bulk of the protests, especially early on, were people of color protesting police violence uh, and and white allies. Yep. Um, and you know, there there is some evidence to show that some right, you know, some like fascists uh, were trying to instigate things. Okay, that some police were trying to instigate property damage. Uh, by like dropping off bricks or you know or breaking windows themselves or something like that. Yeah, um, and honestly, you know, so the, the, that, that's the, all the, happened. It, it, it it's happened. I've seen the picture floated around of I believe it was during Occupy protests in Oakland, where there's like two undercovers who were in the crowd and were like egging people on to smash windows. Yeah, and people after like you know they they were like, hey wait, these guys are just fucking cops. <laughs> And yeah. started pushing them, and the guys pulled out their badges and their guns. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they they do that. And they're cops. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I um, had a report so, from a friend of mine um, who has. Uh, I'll just say he is in a position where he works with cops pretty frequently uh, in his job. And uh, his supervisor came to him just furious and was like, "Yeah, I just saw the numbers of how many undercovers they had at the the protests here." 
and like listing off all the police departments and how many undercover cops they had there who were apparently just kind of cheering on people in the crowd who were being aggressive. And it's like, yeah, that's not, you know, it's not them sneaking out and putting out piles of bricks in the middle of the night, but it's still agitating. Yeah. Yeah. So that stuff has happened. But I think it's extremely important to note that uh, the publicization of that news, uh, more than than anything else about uh, who is doing the property damage, undermines uh, the legitimate rage that uh, that people of color have at the police state and over the murder of people of color. But I'm just so, people of color outraged at it because, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the ones that really surprised me when I saw it was one of these Boogaloo boys who was out there, and he actually like was out at some protest. I believe it was in uh, Minnesota, and he had the big Boogaloo flag that looks like the thin blue mm-hmm. line, but the middle stripe is the Hawaiian shirt print. Ugh. And uh, yeah, but no, but he was actually out there, like protesting, and he was just standing there waving like the flag around. Got shot in the chest with a forty millimeter round, and he was like interviewed shortly afterwards. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm just like pissed off that the cops are killing people and just getting away with it. They can't fucking do this to us." Which is like, you yeah. think about these guys being this kind of like organized, you know, uh, crypto fascist group that's trying to instigate a race war. And yeah, some of them are. No yeah, doubt about some of them are. You, I've, um, I've listened to people like go through their Discord logs where they're actually planning of like trying to get the cops to shoot them. But there are yeah. folks like this guy who just actually sound like, "Holy shit! We just watched this video of this cop murdering this guy, and no one's fucking doing anything about that. I'm gonna go out and protest yeah. anybody else." And he's yeah. not someone so, I'd normally call an ally, but he's out there on the street. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of people are out there on the street. But what I'm really trying to point out though is that most of the property damage was done by protesters not not provocateurs not you know not not cops not fascist infiltrators uh and that the narrative that's trying to push that that you know that that it's those that that it's in you know that that it's provocateurs starting all of this uh is meant to disempower uh the people who are who are the center of these protests uh and well you don't, to have, to, you don't have to look say, to yeah. some outside agitator to see people who are pissed off at the fucking system we live under i mean right who, who do you think scrawls like a cab in the sharpie and the punk like bathroom like who do you think like glares at cops driving down their block like people in your community yeah, do that i know i glare at them <laughs> but i mean so like, uh, so that's like who is actually rioting your fucking neighbors are rioting yeah. Can you seriously walk um, through cities? Look at these people who are stave, start slaving away at minimum wage jobs, who are like one paycheck away from eviction and homelessness, one sick day away from losing their shitty job to some other struggling son of a bitch, one broken bone away from losing their home, one phone call away from being at the wrong end of a SWAT raid and a hail of gunfire, one thrown water bottle away from a sea of tear gas and Humvees full of feral hogs firing pepper balls at your liberal dad's face. People are fucking sick of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking sick in your city and my city the people who live there are fucking sick of it yeah like this this has had this has been simmering underneath for a long time uh these are not the first riots against cops either you can look through the history of the united states and there were tons of riots against the police 
I mean, hey, because they kill. Happy Pride. We got to talk about Stonewall at some point. Yeah, it, like the the queer liberation movement, the gay liberation movement. You know, the name has changed over time, and the politics have changed over time. It started with a riot, the Stonewall riot in New York. You know, if you want to look at liberatory movements, they have almost always started with riots. And if we want to look back at the, you know, at, at a more like state-based history, uh, a lot of the people who are, you know, are, are trying to differentiate between the peaceful protesters and the violent protesters are probably the same people who say, yeah, I, you know, I would have supported the Union in the Civil War, would have supported the Allies in the Second World War. So it's okay to fight a, a war that kills hundreds of thousands against, you know, to, to end slavery, but it's not okay to burn down a police station that, you know, that is the emanation of the modern slave patrol in that community. Well, and, you know, that's the, I still think the most surprising poll I've seen. And the thing is, I saw it through uh, Newsweek, which is like, I mean, talk about a centrist rag. Like, yeah. But, you know, a poll from Newsweek saying that 54% of the country feel that the burning down of the third precinct was justified. That, 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 that's, that's more yep. support than Biden or Trump have. <laughs> <laughs> More people are okay with burning the system down than for voting of either of those folks in as president. Yeah, um, which is – yeah, we, we, we'll get into more like the long term of what that could mean. But I think uh, the other thing to note is that – you know, so you have the people who are committing the property damage and then you have uh, – you know, many other protesters who are not engaging in property damage, but they may have various views on it between supporting it uh, to not supporting it, but tolerating it, all sorts of things. And there are uh, protesters who are legitimately not okay with it, who see this going yeah. on in their communities and are, I mean, God, I, I know this girl, like little girl, she's like just like tiny person um, who apparently had to get dragged away from a riot she was seeing because they were smashing up one of her businesses that she liked in town, and she was just going to go there and start, like, you know, tackling these people. And it's like, yeah, she yeah. is not okay with it and, you know, doesn't support it, yeah. but she's still out there being an ally. And that's, like, why it's important to have this kind of yeah. conversation about, like, is this good or bad? Because there's there's no unified answer on this. We haven't agreed if mean, it's good or bad. I I think it's a net good, uh, and I think that's how you have to see it. Uh, have to analyze riots. You know, in in doing the research for this episode, I looked at a list of of, uh, of riots that have happened in the United States over the years, and I and I would say that uh, objectively, uh, most of them were bad, <laughs> because most riots, uh, especially early in American history, uh, up until kind of the, the late 1800s, the very late 1800s, uh, they were race riots where white people uh, went out and beat and murdered uh, black people and immigrants. So that, like that, that's the history of race riots in, in America um, until the 20th century. And even then, uh, it comes down to what do you define as a riot? What do you, you know, define as a civil disturbance? Like talking about, uh, you know, Pinkertons going in and yeah. shooting, you know, IWW folks who are protesting right. for better work. Is that a riot? Yeah. It's, it's hard to put it into a framework yeah. that works for you every know, situation. 
Exactly. And in that list uh, of, uh, quote, civil disturbances, uh, whatever that means. Okay, I'm really happy um, I did get a notification from UPS that told me that my package was delayed due to civil unrest. And that is maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so... But but like there were there were literal shooting battles going on in the United States uh, in the 1900s, and those are not on the list. Uh, so, you know, like the Battle of Blair Mountain, uh, yeah. and there was another uh, there was another battle between I think it was miners in Tennessee. Uh, so. You know, the, the, the character of riots changed starting kind of in the 1870s and 1880s, and it took on uh, a much more labor-based moment. And, and before that, uh, most riots tended to be like a mix of labor and racism uh, based off of the old trope of immigrants coming here to take our jobs. And right. so different immigrants were targets at different times, including Irish uh, and Germans, Um Chinese. You know, who are obviously Chinese and uh, East in Indians. And, yep. Yeah. Um, so that became less of the emphasis over time. Uh, but, you know, we, we also can't ignore the, you know, the continuing racism of especially white workers uh, in, in like the in the labor movement through the 20th century uh, and to today as well. And, and I think um, also... Related, but it became less of an emphasis. Related to that, and related to this myth of the outside agitators coming in, we we kind of talk about these rumors that keep circulating amongst p police groups and amongst like right wing reactionary folks. Um, and I've seen this a lot this last week. The first I actually heard of it was um, uh, an acquaintance of mine came by and told me that she had gotten from a very credible source that there were. Uh, some 1,500 uh, Antifa thugs who were going to be bussed <laughs> from... And she used that word, too, Antifa thugs. It cracks me up. Um, who were going to be bussed from a nearby city into our city, and they were going to go around through the suburbs targeting white people and going door-to-door -door and attacking people. And I kind of just <laughs> sat there and looked at her for a while. I was like, what? <laughs> and I, I explained that, like, that's, that's bullshit. Like, of... Of course, yeah. that's bullshit. Like on a, on a lot of levels, because like, yeah, I mean, Antifa is not an organization, which I think is important to realize if you haven't realized that yet. It's a philosophy. Um, yeah, anti-fascism is a philosophy, not a person. Um, but it's it's the the idea of that type of violence being enacted by a group that's specifically anti-fascist doesn't make sense. I saw one coming out of, I, I think it was Iowa that was saying that there'd be like, uh, like again, say almost exact same story, like 1500 Antifa yeah. going to be bussed from Chicago yeah. down to the small town in Iowa. And they were going to yeah. go door to door killing I mean, white people. Which is really funny because they were busing 1500 people from Indianapolis to Chicago. <laughs> I had to, <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> But 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 the thing is, um, but like, the, the story is that they're going to be like going door to door and killing white people to prove that Black Lives Matter, and it's like that's such a crazy fucking story. That how do you see that and think, oh yeah, that's real? But this shit has this last week. I've seen that yeah. same story all back and forth across social media, 
And I mean, there was actually a police department that tweeted out something similar, saying that there was like a group. I think it was like Baltimore that was going to like you know bus a bunch of Antifa to some other city, and they were going to go around attacking people. I saw one from Idaho saying that there were people going to be bussed in from Seattle who were going to go around torching horse farms. Um, I saw, <laughs> but, and the thing is, like, the, when when this doesn't fucking happen. When, the, when like these this you know this this horrible Antifa menace doesn't roll up in Greyhound buses full of Kalashnikovs, the reason that the same people spreading the story give of why it didn't happen is, oh well, our police and our local white militias were alerted to this and they scared them off, and you can find pictures of like these white militias, you know, people from yeah. the community wearing flak jackets and carrying rifles, just standing outside of targets randomly around the country, because uh-huh. after the target store was attacked in uh minneapolis yeah. that somehow become I mean, a symbol of like <laughs> i mean target is white culture yeah uh, yeah i mean target's walmart for people <laughs> who've tried sushi um oh <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it yeah th- this story doesn't make any sense but still militias across the country took to streets in small towns like to defend their downtown like People armed with shotguns walked around horse farms for an entire day and then patted themselves on the back saying, because we did this, we scared off these Antifa. And it, what it came out the next few days was that at least some of these stories were created by right-wing groups. Like Identity Europa, I know, is one who got caught doing this. Yeah. Uh, or whatever they fucking rebranded as. Um, like American Identity something, I don't know. But so they create this, you know... What, what should be noticeably fake if you have eyes um, like these Antifa pages online and has spread this like call to destruction and there's like Craigslist postings too that are just like oh yeah like you know we are Antifa we're going to pay you $25 if you come to this city and riot with us and it's, it's and, 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 and so there's, there's that going on where there's these right wing groups I mean these they're fascist groups creating fake Antifa accounts and also, some cops are just making this shit up. Like, but it, 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 so if they're just doing this to spread terror, to make people scared, like, what's the fucking point? And I, it's it's part of, I think, a larger campaign to really demonize Antifa right now because uh, that really helps. Because the fascists, fascists really want, yeah. Um, <laughs> because the fascists really want regular people to not like. To not like anti-fascists. Yeah, and like there's like um, the, the the myth, you know, that like yeah. oh well, Antifa's out in the streets and they're just beating up anyone who's to the right of Bernie Sanders, and it's like, which of course is why uh, anti-fascists are I think best known for going to the women's march and beating the shit out of everyone they saw. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it was in the news, yeah, wasn't, wasn't it? it? I mean, Jesus, like um, think about the concrete milkshakes. Have you thought about the concrete milkshakes? Andy Noak still can't hold his beans. <laughs> Fuck Andy, no. Um, <laughs> but but let's be realistic though, because it's it's like Antifa is the philosophy that when the fascist street gangs like you know Identity Europa, Proud Boys, Patriot Prayer, or you know the, actual, the cops, actual factual neo Nazis. Well, no, because like Antifa's not going out and just beating up cops. That's the thing. No, they're not. Um, and then that, that's but that's, they're not just going out and beating up these fascist street gangs. 
either. It's not. No, it's it's, it's they go it's out not there that exactly. and they decide that instead of you know waiting to ask the city to convene a commission to name a commission that's going to determine whether to designate a special investigative branch of local city police force to inquire whether there are actual hate crimes being committed. It's like no, when Nazis start marching in the streets, you march opposed to them. And yeah, these things, well, these things and happen also, and don't you break deny out the walls. Them. Like the people actually just yeah. stand there and block them. Like nope, not getting past. And then you get uh, stuff like, like it's uh, denying them public space. And, and things when, uh, when, when you don't have that, you see what happened like in Portland, uh, which I guess uh, Vancouver, with the uh, um, the uh, Proud Boys attacking a bunch of folks at the bar cider riot, where they just yeah, saw a bunch um, of folks they thought looked like lefty anarchists, and they just rolled up and started punching people. Yeah. The thing is, if they can't get their fill for violence uh, at a protest, they will then go and roam the streets and attack people. Uh, you know, who, you know, they'll target people who are just walking around, well, or they'll go and target uh, anti-fascists uh, in places they tend to hang out. Yeah, or I mean, like um, the what the fuck is the guy's name? Uh, Tiny, the like um, proud boy lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, up in uh, Portland, who. I believe it's actually like on the run from the law or did he actually turn himself in? I can't remember what happened. I don't But know. like one of the things he was like, you know, charged with is that he was just driving around through Portland with a bunch of other proud boys in the car and basically stopping anyone they thought looked gay and beating the shit out of them. And it's just like, yeah, that's what these guys yeah. do. And that's what they do. And it's the world they want. You know, they want a world where lynching is the norm. Um, and so anti-fascists uh, go to the streets and say, no, you can't do that. And if you try to do it, uh, we'll use violence to stop you. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's defensive violence. Uh, it's collective defensive violence. So, but so, I, so I'd like to... what's, the, what's the point of these rumors of these, you know, Antifa thugs going from Oakland into Roseville to kill Mama and I mean, it's to, I mean, it's to stop solidarity yeah. for one. It's to it's to further uh, draw suburban and rural white people into uh, the grasp of fascist ideology. Um, it's a lot of things. Uh, but I think what was the second question you had to ask about the protests and the riots? The second thing you wanted to analyze police riots, police riots. Um, we could go on about anti-fascism all day. Yeah, uh, we could, and we should, so, but we'll walk yeah. over it out to uh, maybe a, yeah, a different topic. Yeah. So, what are police riots? It's when the police riot. And, and huh. I, I think if you've been to a peaceful protest that still ends with some street medic pouring antacids into your eyes, it's not going to surprise you what a police riot is cops start riots there's a yeah. huge you can there's wikipedia pages on it that are just like yeah this is like a list of cop riots um and it's something that i mean if you've been watching the news this last week you've seen police riots probably the easiest one for liberals to understand because it m makes trump the center of the uh the story is when the protesters in Lafayette Park were, you know, tear gassed so that they would disperse so that Trump could have a photo op. And that is a uh, very, you know, maybe sanctioned and ordered police riot where, you know, there actually are these 
uh, orders from some official chain of command to use tear gas against peaceful protesters. But a lot of times it's just the cops on the front line who are, you know, tired, angry, wearing a shitload of combat gear and are poorly trained and are just like, well, fuck it, I'm angry. I'm just going to fire into the crowd. Yeah, well, and have been given essentially the the official wink and nod that that's what they're expected to do. And that's um, not a new thing. I mean, in this oh no. style of protest... I mean, so, uh, Sasha and I have um, done legal observing before, and we've seen police initiate, uh, you know, police riots. Yeah. And I actually have a story I wanted to tell of um, one of these uh, police riots, um, which is uh, it's a story about a little dog. Uh, never got the dog's name. Uh, it's, while this story is relevant, it takes place a few years ago. Um, we were, you know, legal observing in front of a massive crowd, you know, watching each other's backs, watching the police, uh, armed with our cell phones and our notebooks. Uh, and there was a girl up there holding a puppy in her arms, and she was yelling at the row of riot police. Um, just kind of like some like hippie girl in a flowing sundress who was just raging against these black armor cad police standing there while these speakers behind them just blast out. This is an unlawful gathering. Disperse immediately. Those who fail to disperse will be subject to impacting chemical weapon rounds. And I can see the cops up ahead starting to open up the pouches they wear on their hips so they keep their gas masks. And that means that most likely tear gas or like OC spray is coming like soon. Yeah. And there's this girl with a little puppy and uh, dogs, dogs don't do well with chemical weapons. Um, None of us do, but um, it's bad. It's bad for dogs. Yeah. And uh, I, I moved over and I, I told her, like, looks like the cops are preparing to use gas. You need to get out of there. And she turned around and started moving, making her way back down the road. And um, and so I, I, I turned around and I watched an officer in the front row, like, lift up his 40 millimeter. And there's that familiar sound that, like, thump, pop, boom. Yep which is, you know, flashbangs being shot out. Yeah. And they're loud, and they're scary, and the point of them is to scare the crowd into running. I mean, it causes chaos. Yeah. In the service of law and order, it causes chaos. And if you've been in a protest where this has happened, you, you know what the next part looks like. Uh, the, the crowd breaks. Police start firing their pepper ball guns uh, pretty indiscriminately. People throw water bottles back at the police. Police start to fire into the crowd at head level with flashbangs. People catch them in their head and chest. The day pushes on. That familiar push of up one street, down another street. Medics flushing eyes, treating wounds. The sun beats down. It's fucking boiling. And... I ended up seeing that girl like nearly seven blocks away from where everything had started. Um, yeah. And she was just sitting on the ground sobbing and begging anyone walking past if they'd seen her dog. Uh, no one had. I, th I think that she had been pepper sprayed. And the dog, too. I don't know if the dog had or if she... I don't. I mean, who knows? Maybe she was sitting there crying on the ground yeah. and cops walked past and pepper sprayed her. Who knows? Um, uh, yeah, and, and yeah. the police argued that um, 
that they were justified in firing into the crowd because people had thrown stuff at them. Um, and as what pretty much always happens when you see these stories, um, journalists are usually on the scene. They're usually near the front of the crowd, like observing the police and, you know, being journalists, yeah. documenting the news. And because of that, they have cameras. And because of that, they video the cops. And because of that, you can see that no one threw anything. And that's pretty common. The police can find some yeah. little tiny thing to justify, well, now we're going to use indiscriminate force against this crowd. It was uh, the presence of weapons in the crowd was the justification. Uh, what these weapons were, uh, it's hard to tell. Water like bottles. A flagpole. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the water bottles thing, I think, is, you know... It, 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 it's, it reminds me of the concrete milkshakes a lot yeah. because it's like, I mean, again, the concrete milkshakes were not concrete. They were actually just milkshakes. Also, when uh, you mix concrete with sugar, it, it, it doesn't work as concrete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is actually a sabotage tactic that uh, different groups have used across the world when there have been uh, uh, yeah. forced work conditions where they have to build some concrete structures. They mix sugar into it and it falls apart. Um, yeah, this is something never that, sets. Yeah, um, um, yeah. So, yeah, there are a few lessons to learn from this, which is that the cops have always done this. Um, they're the ones who start this shit, uh, and um, don't bring fucking dogs to protests. Yeah, please don't. Please stop it. I had, I know, I had a like, hard time just talking about that because I mean I fucking love dogs and yeah. Like I, you know, I have a dog and I love her dearly. Um, you know, I and I don't want her to get hurt, which is why uh, if I go to a protest, the dog stays at home. Yeah. Like that is the safest place for the dog to be. Don't bring your dogs to fucking protests. Yeah. Like it's one thing. It's one thing to risk yourself getting tear gassed. It is something else to risk, you know, a creature that depends on you for its, you know, survival to get tear gassed because you wanted to go for a romp uh, in town and, you know, just go to a, pe you know, a peaceful protest. Well, but, it's like the but, cops but, get but, to decide whether a protest is peaceful or not. But this comes up a lot because, like, people see peaceful protesters being attacked by police. I mean, they see, like, the, that, that picture of the nine-year-old who's getting her eyes washed out by street medics who's got pepper spray. Yeah. There's the picture that fucking Ice Cube put up of like you know someone aiming a 40 millimeter at a toddler sitting on this guy's shoulders, and the response that a lot of people have is just like, well, yeah, protests are dangerous. You shouldn't bring your kids there. But the thing is, people in the crowd aren't attacking these people. The threat is the cops. Yeah. Um, you know, in many ways, uh, like. You will like you'll find the nicest people in riots. Actually, like, <laughs> yeah, riots are surprisingly friendly um, for those in inside. Of yeah, them. yeah. I, uh, you know, and a riot is just whatever the cops say is a riot. Um, they can say, you know, not dispersing means this is a riot. Um, you know, the the moment somebody knocks over a trash can and people don't disperse, is that that becomes a riot. I mean, I, I saw, I saw um, a brawl at a bar, like, not related to this at all, but a few years, yeah. about a year ago, 
but it was just like yeah like some like frat boys getting in a, a brawl at the bar punching people and they yeah. got their way out into the street and it was maybe like 10 people threw punches police pulled up everyone ran away and the it was published that that was a riot uh, cops stopped riot outside of bar and it's like yeah okay like when they can define what it yeah. means yeah which is a law problem you know, we we will keep coming back to this with everything we talk about. Is that like the like who define like laws about definitions and who gets to determine what those definitions are gets to determine uh, our reality because they have the guns. Um, so I think that should take us to uh, what was your third question? Um, I mean, do riots work? I think I'm going to give it a critical yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, I think a a good example of riots working um, is the Holy Week uprising. Um, I mean, even though it's like called the Holy Week uprising, um, it was about two months of protests and riots in 110 cities that followed the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Um, cities locked down under curfew to the point where people ran out of food because all the stores were closed. Um, I mean, it was a lot like the first few weeks of COVID where we couldn't find TP anywhere, but with a lot more gunfire. Um, yeah. And, and the Holy week ended, I mean, purportedly because the civil rights act was passed, but it's not that like Martin Luther King was killed and they're like, Oh, okay. You know what? We need to pass the civil rights act. Like he's a martyr. We need to really be serious about this. It, it, it took weeks of riots to get that passed. And I think it's hard to prove that that's the, uh, instigating factor for passing. Yeah. It. I mean, there, there was, I, there was I, a lot of activism and lobbying and there was, uh, real movements going on to get that type of legislation passed. Yeah. But it definitely had the pressure of the cities in the country burning that yeah. got that. It's, the, they, they built the fire underneath yeah. the legislature. I mean, and, and even right now, like, honestly, what, what, what the government, what governments across the country are giving in on right now is not very much. Um, well, and some places are doing stuff but, that doesn't uh, actually, that's been shown not to be effective. Like, well, right. we need to have more implicit bias training. We need to have uh, like, more ugh. body cameras. We need to actually have laws that cops can't turn off their body cameras. Uh, yeah. We need to have uh, yeah. citizen review boards. Or as Joe Biden says, shoot unarmed people on the leg Jesus, instead of in the how heart. I forget about that. Like, uh, Okay, I mean, man. like, you want to talk about, like, a... Oh, God, it's, it's, it's like a parody of, like... Yeah. Democratic third party positioning where it's just like, how, how do you say, OK, well, there's some people saying, hey, the cops are killing us. And there's a cop saying we should be allowed to shoot everybody and go, maybe just shoot him in the legs. <laughs> like, like what the uh, uh, how fucking demented do you have to be liberal triangulation but, at the highest fucking level? Yeah, Um. So uh, I would say that there are some, like, in, in this case, uh, the riots did lead to Derek Chauvin being arrested. It took four days, 
but they did eventually do it. And then he got completely undercharged with manslaughter and third-degree murder. Uh, and then it took Keith Ellison, the attorney general of Minnesota, taking over that case before he was charged with second-degree murder, and the other cops involved in the incident were finally fucking arrested. Um, but still, all of them are undercharged. Uh, and somehow a man who's been accused of murder is still able to post bail. Yep. Um, and, and, but and it's not, I mean, it, it took them a while and it, I believe the officers who killed, uh, Brianna Taylor are still not charged. They're, they haven't been arrested there yet. There is an investigation yeah. that was started a couple days ago by well, the FBI into them. So we'll see if that does anything. Yeah, you know, the trustworthy and wonderful FBI, uh, who's definitely not involved with suppressing protest against uh, civil rights violations by the government. Not at all. They, they would uh, um, nev- never, never be involved in something They like have that. a long history of being the most upstanding and uh, civil rights defending institution of the federal government, in fact. Um, so much so that uh, they've had some explosive success uh, in their interactions with uh, activist organizations historically. That's a clever pun. Um, yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, I <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, playing word games is. is I don't want to like. You have to smile. Yeah, but it's also a serious thing. What I'm referencing is that in the I think it was in 1981, um, the FBI bombed uh, a black uh, primitivist group. Uh, in Philadelphia, and it burned down like a whole city block of row houses where black people lived. And yeah, FBI Yay. also murdered Fred Hampton, yeah, um, yeah. among others. So, uh, but I, I guess what I would say is that in that these days, I would say that riots work can work, uh, and you know. Defunding the police has now become a mainstream view, um, and the idea of abolishing police is no longer fringe. No, I mean, God, like Minneapolis is talking about uh, disbanding their police and well, doing something else. Yeah, well, at least some, one of the city, council, city council members. Yeah, yeah, but like, can you imagine before hearing a city councilor in any city uh, talking about, yeah, we want to disband the police? Um, no. So, like, th- this is a huge political step. Uh, in, in, you know, in the course of about two weeks, the police have done the work of leftists for us. Uh, you know, I've been I mean, talking okay, that, to people that, that, that about bare this for bones years. Accelerationist. <laughs> I mean, I would not go out and try to make accelerate things, but accelerationist logic makes sense. You know, there's a, but there's a difference between having an active hand and trying to accelerate things. That's true. Yeah. Um, which is again what a lot which of people I, I don't guys support, are doing out there but, is trying to yeah. accelerate the uh, um, the violence. Yeah, uh, but but frankly, uh, nobody needed to do anything to accelerate the violence. The cops were perfectly happy to do it themselves. Uh, because and they don't know how to take their foot off the gas. I mean, we've talked about Maslow's no, they hammer don't. and the fact that you know, once you, when you have a hammer, yeah. everything looks like a nail. But I, I am so just blown away that like they, they, they're not taking their foot off the gas. They don't know how. 
I mean, they are a little bit um, because after. So there was another pattern I noticed uh, in a number of cities where. Uh, in in some cities, it was very clear that this was that this was a, a police psyops operation, uh, and I know I just repeated myself, but um, <laughs> that this was police psyops uh, was to have or you know organizers who nobody in the local community had ever heard of before suddenly are leading protests in places like Portland and Denver. Uh, and these organizers are like talking to the cops and telling people, you know, don't be violent, just be peaceful. We're here about unity. It's all about unity. It's like, no, this is not about fucking unity. This is about cops murdered a man uh, in cold blood on video. And the response has been more fucking beatings, more tear gassing uh, and more killings. Yeah. The police have killed people in these protests. Yep. Uh, you know, even and and they have been replicating the behavior that started the riots in the first place in Portland last night. Uh, there is a man who you know, the police kneeled on a guy's neck. And when a journalist tried to uh, record that and tell them to stop, the cops then went and beat the journalist and maced him, you know, an inch away from his face until he, you know, until he left. So we don't know what happened to the man who's, you know, who was being, whose neck was being kneeled on by fucking Portland cops. Um, I mean, and you see, like, the, the, the picture out of L.A. where it's, you know, like a homeless guy who's paraplegic sitting in his wheelchair, like, head hanging down, bleeding profusely from a, like, headshot with a fucking rubber bullet. And there's this row of cops just standing back there staring at him. And, like, yep. no one's fucking helping him. I mean... Yeah, the, it's still the worst one, and like this one, I, I, I haven't still fully processed the video yet because it's hard. Yeah. But um, the the cops, I mean, probably killing that guy in Buffalo, where yeah. it's a group of riot police and this guy in his seventies or eighties, like old guy, seventy five, walks up yeah. to them, and from the video, it looks like he's possibly like carrying one of their helmets back to them. No, he's got a cell phone. Okay, I saw him. He had something in his hand. And I couldn't. Yeah, know. He, he had a cell phone. He was like getting video of them. He might have been talking to them. It's unclear, but uh, but they just the cops just shove him. Yeah. Just like walk up to him and just shove him, and he goes back, mm-hmm. whacks his head on the concrete, and just stops moving instantly, and and starts bleeding out of his ear. A, a big fucking puddle of blood. Ugh, just and the it, cops and, just. Walk over him and keep going. Yeah, they don't. And no so, one like, looks down. No one stops. No one yeah. checks his pulse. And it's again, like you can see the blood from him fucking hitting his yeah. head. And it's like, and they just yeah. Don't and it t- and it took the national guardsman, you know, behind who's like, I don't know. I look I look at his, his body language and it seems to be like, what the fuck? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm seeing like, like you know yeah. guardsmen and GIs just coming out and being like, we're not going to deploy to U.S. cities. We'll, we'll defy orders. Like. We're not doing well, this shit. Some of the, plenty of them have gone and deployed. Well, I know. Um, and, they have, and they have launched munitions at people. So yeah. let's not give them a full pass. No, I'm not but giving them a full pass. They're not the same as the cops. Yeah. And, um, but the, 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 the question that, you know, seeing that video of the cops just, just, just shoving the guy and then just ignoring him. Yeah. It's, it's such a banality of evil video where it's just yeah they 
all the other cops who are marching in formation with these guys see this guy go down and they see him whack his head and they know yeah. he's probably gonna die and not I mean, a single one fucking stops no and and then and, you, and then the and then the officers the two who who like apparently were the most culpable they got fired well suspended they got suspended with without pay, without pay. Oh. no it was without pay yeah um but here's the thing um this is this is we're, we're, I'm just gonna keep keep on bringing up first year law students. Even first year law students know that pavement is a deadly weapon, and you can be charged with assault with a deadly weapon uh, by pushing someone down on concrete. Yeah, it kills people a lot. Yeah, that, that's actually so, in one of the cases where second degree murder pops up a lot is bar brawls, where someone gets punched in the head and goes down and whacks their head on the fucking pavement. Yeah, that's second degree um, murder. And so, <laughs> and so, if they don't die, that's still assault with a deadly weapon. Um, and yet, the cops remain fucking free, which is the problem. No, but not <laughs> one of the not, many problems. Not even just that, but yeah, there are headlines, some of which are extremely misleading, talking about how fifty-seven yeah. other police who are part of that same task force, like the where the their riot squad, essentially. Uh, resigned or and that's like what the headlines say and it's like wow okay that's great to see if you don't look a little deeper into it and see like oh no they didn't resign they just basically said fine we're not gonna be riot police anymore until you reinstate these two cops yeah in solidarity with their brothers in blue who they just saw fucking murder somebody <laughs> And and these two officers yeah. you see them walking out of the police station after you know their suspension, and there's a crowd of police and firefighters out there cheering for them. And it's just, I mean, the question is, where are the good cops? And I've seen maybe three online. Um, they all quit. There are some cops who are looking at yeah. and being like, I can't fucking do it. I'm not. I don't want to be part of this anymore. And like you know. Seeing, like, uh, there's one post I see circulating a lot of a uh, riot cop who's like, I got home, I took my armor off, I'm not putting it on tomorrow, I'm quitting. And that's just basically it. That's all he says. And it's like, yeah, that's a good cop. If you're a cop and you're listening to this for some fucking reason, quit your fucking job now. Yeah, get the fuck out and do penitence for the rest of your goddamn life. Yeah, go set up to be a fucking street medic. <laughs> Mm. Go, go go get some fucking no. tear gas in your face and learn how it fucking feels because i mean they, they know yeah just quit just quit and leave us the fuck alone cops love, you've done enough damage already cops love doing the whole like oh well actually you know part of our training we have to sit in the little room and get pepper sprayed so we all know how it feels uh-huh and it's like cool so you're just callous now yeah yeah have you ever gotten pepper sprayed while trying to protest against the the murder of somebody it's a little different yeah feels a little more unjust one might say uh, a little less peaceful yeah in any case uh i think so what i would like to talk about in the last minutes uh we have is kind of taking a step back from what's going on now i think it's very easy uh, especially if you're looking at twitter which i despise twitter and i still want to cancel it but unfortunately it is the only like source you we really have like direct source that comes close to trustworthy um for what's going on on the ground um but i want to take a step back and talk about the big picture of where this is headed so 
the protests have sort of turned into something a little muddled. In some places, they've been co-opted, and they're, like, peaceful every night. Uh, and, uh, you know, the police are still being violent um, in those situations sometimes. In other places, the protests are larger than they uh, were um, even last weekend. Uh, the, the the city that's in, in the news uh, the most for this is Philadelphia right now, which, fuck yeah, go Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what I'm seeing, what I'm starting to see now, though, with the press coverage is essentially they're starting the gilet jaune treatment. Um, so the gilet jaune are the, the yellow vests in France and the protests there never stopped. Yeah. Um, but we just stopped hearing about it. Uh, and, and this is where the phrase, the revolution uh, won't be televised. It kind of, that's what it kind of gets at, um, is that uh, now that this continues to go on, the violence by police continues to go on, the news media have sort of moved on from this. They're starting to move on from it. Uh, and we're not hearing as much about uh, police, you know, the police brutality going on that is still going on. Um, so it's to some degree, uh, you know, the liberal pundits, uh, pundits, you know, the, the, the neoliberal med- media have kind of gotten tired of it and wish they could move on from it. Um, what that means, though, I think that the protests probably are not going to stop for a long time. I think they'll probably dwindle. Uh, and there is the potential for much larger uh, and disruptive protests uh, coming later this summer. It's going to be a very long and hot summer. We're um, entering hurricane season now, so places in the south are yeah. possibly going to be hit with you know, environmental damage, which yeah. we, we saw and what happened. And forest fires in the west. Yeah, we yeah. saw what happened with the, so, uh, the fires up in California a few years ago that burned down the entire yeah. town of Davis. We've seen you know, the... Yeah, the destruction so, that people get in the southern U.S. from these hurricanes. The, yeah, the temperature is going to keep rising. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, literally and figuratively, I think, because the the state hasn't really given in much at all. Um, and starting in July, uh, most likely, we're going to start to see mass eviction actions. Yeah. Um, so most people in this country are renters, a, a slight majority. Um, and most, uh, and most renters tend to also be poorer, uh, and, you know, around 40% of households that made less than $40,000 a year lost their jobs. Um, so what we're going to see are millions of people who are going to be facing eviction, uh, by their landlords. Uh, and that's going to happen at the same time as many of these people, saw the new example of what protest can be. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, to be really fair about this, cops aren't going to stop killing people. We're going to keep no. seeing this. The killing won't stop until we abolish the police, until we abolish the prison system, until we abolish the criminal legal system and replace it with something that actually solves the problems in our communities, which the state will never do. It can't do that. It is constitutionally incapable of it because the purpose 
of the state having the systems is not to solve the problems in our communities. It is not to solve the violence. It is not to solve the drug trade that is destroying communities throughout, you know, especially in rural communities with heroin and, and, uh, and meth. You know, that is not its purpose. That is not its goal. Well, and I, it, uh, its goal it, is to maintain control so and protect clear and protect see, the rich and capital. Yeah, when you see how much money these police departments have been given, where we can't fucking fund a response to a pandemic in this country. We can't give people actual money to survive being furloughed or laid off or just not having their job. Like yeah. people who have just have, you know, but you can buy a thousand dollar AR 15 for a cop. That's fine. Yeah. And people see this and we've seen everything in our country be defunded so that we can fund the military and the police and now that people are really hitting a breaking point, it's pretty clear why that's the case. The people who yeah. are there to protect the money are going to keep killing people who don't have money. Right. Um, so what what track does this take, I think, is the big question. I know that uh, when this started, um, I had some pretty severe anxiety because I thought, okay, oh shit, the civil war is here. Um, it's not, not yet anyway. And um, I mean, I've been discouraging anyone who uses the term race war because I've people have thrown that around, ugh. and I'm like, do not fucking use that. Come on, like that's no. Um, with that being said, we have certainly taken much larger steps toward a potential civil war. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I think uh, there's a lot of discussion that's gone on, especially, um, you know, Robert Evans, who's an incredible podcaster and journalist, uh, did a podcast called It Could Happen Here. Uh, and I think many of ago. us. It came out like about a year ago. Yeah. The date. About a um, year ago. And if you listen to many of the first episodes, you'll recognize that the, the U.S. has taken many of those steps toward. Uh, toward what could become uh, a war in America. And there are plenty of people who, who want that war, but they're not really, they're not like, you know, we've, we, we've mentioned the Boogaloo Boys and whatever. I don't want to give them that much attention, though. Um, they're not the primary drivers of the violence that could come. Um, the violence that could come is much more the result of a police state that is... Uh, you know, that, that is in control in this country. And it is also from a conservative movement that understands the reality that power comes from controlling the means of production and from controlling, controlling physical space. And they are training the people in that movement to be ready for that, to be okay with it, to tolerate those kinds of forceful changes. Um, so we released a... You know, with this episode, we're also releasing a bonus episode that we recorded before the protests and riots started. So it hasn't really aged all that well. But uh, I think the narrative there uh, that that I read off and that uh, the kind of violence we predicted is still very much on the table for the rest of this year. We're not even halfway through the 2020 yet. Um, so none of us knows what's going to happen. But... Uh, the potential for that kind of non-state violence is higher than it has ever been. 
at least in most of our lifetimes. So uh, at some point, as we learn more and what that future looks like could, could maybe become a little more predictable, maybe a little more coherent, you know, hypothesizing right now is kind is kind of irresponsible since and, and it's just so hard to know so hard to predict we still have to really remember that we're in the midst of a pandemic that was spiking before all this started because places relaxed their regulations on you know yeah. people going out for memorial day weekend and so yeah. th- we at the time that this has begun there has been a massive spike across the nation from people just going out and partying and that's gonna keep increasing as businesses continue to reopen cities are moving on to you know the next phase of their reopening plans because there's there's no money to let people stay at home people need to pay for food and people need to pay their landlords don't get evicted and yeah the 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 stress of that is not going to go away. No. And we're going to still see protests like this likely ongoing while we keep seeing the failures of our medical system in this country to... the, the, The failures of the government of this country to properly fund medical care. Yeah. And to properly fund everything except for the Except for the military and the police, um, yeah, it's it's going to be. I think we're going to see a lot more protests in this next year, uh, and I think that the protests here, uh, searching for justice for George Floyd and for uh, and for black people who who suffer disproportionately uh, at the hands of the police. Um, it has set the tone and it has set the standard for what future protests are going to be. Uh, because for the first time in American history, uh, everybody knows and understands that a police station can be captured and burned. And that it appears um, to and get that, results done. Yeah, and that knowledge is not going to go away anytime soon especially not among the generation that has been the core of these protests, the Zoomers. So, um, you know, we as millennials have warned you, the Zoomers are going to eat all of us and they're going to. Yeah, they're going to go for the boomers first. So we've got time, but we can start start (laughs) amassing our own wealth and get bunkers. Uh, (laughs) no, um, <laughs> yeah, so in any case, uh, things are hard to predict now. The big picture is hard to look at, but expect more protests like this. Expect the possibilities of violence to increase. Uh, and consider what those are. Start preparing for it, uh, because nobody else will. Yep. Yep. Anything else? Fukuyama is wrong. <laughs> we are, we, are, no, we, we're are po- we we live in post history now. History never ended. Arby's has fallen. Um <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um so yeah. I don't know. I I'll, I'll call it post history. That's what this is. Uh
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's a long road. Yep. Uh, we don't know where we're going. Yep. <laughs> we'll get there together. We'll get there together. All right. We'll talk to y'all next week.